Father God, you are so good that we come short in our words to even express how good you are. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, bear with us as we do the best we can to worship you. And Father, I thank you for these lives that you've given us and that this life is good. And even in the hardships that we go through, we, we go through them with the fellowship of suffering that you come alongside us. We thank you for that truth, that promise that uh, when we go through those valleys, if we continue to look to the good shepherd, we have your mercy, your goodness following us. Thank you, Lord. You are God and you are good. And we celebrate you this morning. We thank you for your goodness and glorify your great name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, last Sunday, I shared with you as clear and as, as basic as I know how the plan of salvation. And if you weren't here, you can check us out online. Uh, we're on, on the YouTube and the Facebook and all of those things. And so you could uh, you go to our website and find that. Uh, but today, my question is, well, what now? If I am saved, well, what now? What's the next step for me? Am I, am I just uh, a notch in somebody's Bible? Uh, do I just, you know, what, what's next? Well, I'm going to promise you something, that God's got something awesome for you. But... Here's the awesome truth about it. Healthy things grow. And he wants you to grow. He wants you to grow in your faith and your understanding of who he is. He wants you to grow in, in your uh, usefulness in his kingdom. He wants you to, to know uh, the goodness of being used by him in, uh, in his work. And so uh, today I just want to kind of make a clear pathway of spiritual growth and, and wellness. And so turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. And in Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, we're going to look at a few things together. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 19. Uh, I want to point out that if you are a Christian, if you've recently been saved, that uh, there is a, a significant step that, that you should take, and that is baptism. Kind of grew up hearing that. Baptism is symbolism. It's symbolic. And, and uh, you hear it over and over again, you begin to think, well, if it's just symbolism, is, there, is it really all that important? And uh, I want to tell you, it's more than simply symbolism. It is more than simply symbolism. It is supernaturally significant. Amen. It's supernaturally significant. There's a lot being said when you're baptized. And uh, it, is a, it is a making public your faith in Jesus Christ. It is, it is an outward expression of an inward experience. Amen. Amen. You can't see what happened in my heart. You can't see what happened inside me when I got saved. So I need to show you what happened. And I show you by saying, I am all in. Amen. There's several things that happen with uh, baptism, but there's, it's a statement to the world. I am a child of God. I am a follower of Christ Jesus. I'm united with Christ Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's what baptism is a picture of, death, burial, and resurrection. And so I encourage you, if you've never been baptized, if you have truly become a child of God, that's the next step. And it's a step of obedience, and with obedience comes blessings, amen? And so it is supernaturally significant, 
And uh, here's something else that is being shown with baptism. When you are baptized, remember the first picture we see of baptism uh, is when the nation of Israel comes out of Egypt and crosses the Red Sea. You remember that? They go down into the waters and come back up again. Of course, the waters was parted and there was a wall of water on either side, but they go down and they come back up again and they all go in together. All right, so this is a picture of baptism, and, and, and it is a picture of death, burial, and resurrection. And when you are baptized, you said, I'm united with Christ Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection, and I'm united with the body of Christ. Amen? So even though it's singular, you did it to say, we're all in this together. And that's important. It's important to know that as a child of God, you're a part of the body of Christ, and we're all in this together. So I would encourage you to, uh, to follow through in believer's baptism. But then the next thing I would encourage you to do, and this I would say is the most important point of the whole message. Uh, and that's hard to say because I think all these points are good. You might disagree, but I, I think they're good. So the next thing is, is to have daily fellowship with God. Daily fellowship with God. We used to call it all sorts of things. Uh, most uh, recently would call it a quiet time. Um, but I need to make sure that you understand what's supposed to be happening in this quiet time. When you are having this time with God, it is more than just a Bible study. It is more than just regurgitating some memorized prayer. It is more than just going down a list of wants and needs. It's more than that. This scripture tells me who God is. When I express my heart in prayer, I'm telling him what's going on inside of me. But it is all for the purpose of intimacy with God. And if you are having a daily time of Bible study and prayer, let's just step it up a notch and have some daily intimate time with God. Amen. So don't stop short uh, by just having a little devotional thought. Don't stop short by just having a, a little uh, a scheduled reading. Press in until you have an intimate time with God the Father. And out of that will flow everything in your Christian life. Amen. It will flow the service. It will flow the satisfaction of who you are in Christ Jesus. It is vitally important that you have intimate time with God. Look with me in the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 19, I need you to know what's going on as, as we look at this passage of Scripture. It is an illustration using the Old Testament um, feasts and festivals and the Old Testament uh, tabernacle as a picture. And, when I, and, and just assuming that, let's, this is the best way to do it, assuming that no one knows anything, all right? That's the best way to do it. I want to explain all of this to you. In the Old Testament, before Jesus the Jewish people would worship God through the means of a tabernacle. This tabernacle was a, a tent, and in that tent you had a holy place, and in that holy place were articles in which they would worship the Lord, and then deeper into that holy place it was the, called the Holy of Holies. How many of y'all have seen Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I'm an 80s kid, one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't know, The Last Crusade, though, it gets me right here. Anyway, so, so that Ark of the Covenant is, a, is a, an image signifying the throne of God. And so that Holy of Holies was uh, uh, God's throne room on earth. And so only priests could go into the holy place. And only one priest, the high priest, could go into the Holy of Holies and only one day a year. And so 
you can imagine all the separation. So inside the tabernacle, you have the two different rooms, the holy place and the holy of holies. Outside the tabernacle, you have the courtyard. And with the courtyard, you had the court of the Jewish men and separation, court of the Jewish women, separation, court of the Gentiles. Outside of that, if you're not a God seeker, there's a fence around that and nobody comes in. Sounds like a lot of separation, doesn't it? Yet Jesus Christ came to see that the separation between God and man is done away with and that you can have a relationship with God. Amen. That's what we covered last week. We covered the fact that you are a three-part person, body, soul, and spirit. And if you're trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction physically, you're always going to come up short. Your, your, your body consists of, uh, of sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. And, and I'm not sure I got all those right. But anyway, you got those five senses. And then your soul is really who you are. And it's your intellect, your emotions, and your will. Now, the spirit part is the part in which must be born again. Your body is the center of world consciousness. You can feel that. You can hear that. So, you, therefore, that must be really in existence. Okay? My soul is the center of self-consciousness. Somebody said a long time ago, I think, therefore I am. I know I exist because I can think. I, I know I exist because I have feelings. I have a will. But the spirit that lives within you is the center of God consciousness. Amen? And until you've been born again, you can't hear God. You can't sense God. You can't know God. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Now, as we're looking at these passages of Scripture, I want you to understand that it is a picture of the Old Testament tabernacle, but now you are a New Testament priest. You with me? Let's read it. Verse 19. Therefore, brethren, and I guess you could say sistering, <laughs> therefore, brothers and sisters, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So they couldn't, in the Old Testament, they couldn't enter in. Separation, separation, separation. But now as a child of God, I can enter in by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Now, let me, let me back up. Between the, the holy place and the holy of holies, where that Ark of the Covenant is, there was this thick veil that hung and no one could enter in. Even the high priest, when he went in once a year, he had, he had around his uh, robe, uh, he had bells and they've just recently found a, a, a pomegranate. There was bell, pomegranate, bell, pomegranate all the way around. And they would tie a cord around his leg. And so that one time a year, if he has done enough washing and cleansing and confessing and sacrificing, he would venture into that holy of holies. And if the bells quit jingling, they'd drag his dead corpse out. So it'd be a little out. I'll be a little nervous. <laughs> I'll be a little nervous like, wait, did I forget anything? Did I forget anything? And so, but we now, because the veil has been torn and the scriptures, I, I need you to try and stay up with me because there's a lot of, a lot of illustrations here. The scripture says that veil in the temple was torn, but it was torn because Jesus' flesh was torn. His body was torn on my behalf. And because he died in my place, I now have access to God. Amen. So let's go back over it again. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, the holy of holies, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. So not only do I have access to God, I have Jesus standing on my behalf. Amen. 
So in heaven, this is awesome. I want y'all to think about this. At this very instant in heaven, Jesus is there as a living testimony to my salvation. Amen. Right now. And to your salvation, if you are in Christ Jesus, I don't have to worry about Satan convincing God that, that this little prodigal son is not worth saving. I now know that I have a testament, a living testimony to my salvation. The only man-made thing, you've probably heard this said before, only man-made thing in heaven are the scars that Jesus bears. But they're a living testimony of my salvation and your salvation if you are in Christ Jesus. So... We have this great high priest speaking up on my behalf, but I also have access to God. Verse 22. And I like to, I like to look at these passages as the lettuce passages because it says, let us, let us, let us. All right. <laughs> Hope you like lettuce. Here we go. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The picture is, in the Old Testament, priests had to be sprinkled with the blood of these sacrifices, these lambs that were sacrificed. They had to be sprinkled, and then they had to be washed, and then they had to put on a new robe, and then they were fit to go in to the presence of God. Well, guess what, child of God? If you have been saved, you've been washed with the blood of Jesus Christ, sprinkling with the salvation blood of Jesus, and then washed and purified because of the blood of Jesus, and been robed with a new robe, the righteousness of Jesus. Amen? Now you have access to God. You don't have to come to me. You don't have to come to go to a priest. You don't have to go to somebody to have them go to God on your behalf. Jesus paved the way. For you to have a relationship with God. That's good news, amen? That's good news. Now, I, 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 just, I just read this uh, this week from Robert Morris, and I thought, man, that goes right with my sermon this week. I'm going to borrow it, uh, otherwise known as stealing it, but uh, I gave him credit for it. So, he says, when you get saved, your, your spirit is saved instantly. Your soul is saved progressively. Yeah. Amen. Your spirit is cleansed by the blood. Your soul is cleansed by water. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, with the washing of the water of his word. Amen. Amen. And so I need to daily spend time in his presence. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance, knowing that I've been made, made right made new, granted access to God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance and faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Next piece of lettuce, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. Ain't you glad? That's East Texas for aren't you glad? Ain't you glad? That your salvation does not depend on your goodness. I know I am. For it is by grace we have been saved through faith. And so therefore I hold on to that good confession. Christ has made me free. Christ has saved me. And so let us hold fast to that good confession of our hope without wavering. 
for he who promised is faithful. Now, uh, as we look at some of these things, I'm talking about great gains. There are things that I can do to help just quick spiritual growth. Number one, follow through in obedience and baptism. I need to do that. Why? Because he said I need to do that. Good enough. So I need to follow through in baptism. Number two, I need to spend daily time in intimate fellowship with God. Amen? I need to do that. When my life transforms as a brand new Christian, I begin seeing this bring rapid growth in my spiritual life. How many of us on January start a new health care program? We started a new little diet or a little fitness program. And when you just start out, you start seeing some pretty rapid changes. Amen? Y'all, no? Okay. Uh, and so when you start at the gym, all of a sudden you start standing in the mirror a little more. It's like, hey, look at that. I'm starting to see, yeah, I'm starting to see a little change. And those few changes are happening rapidly and they bring their own motivation. Amen? I come in from the gym. This is... I shouldn't say this at all, but I have already started it, so I have to. I come in from the gym into the office once a week, and I ask uh, Emily, my, my future daughter-in-law, I said, you get your tickets? Now she knows exactly what I'm talking about. She's like, the first time she said, tickets? I said, yeah, for the gun show. <laughs> So, early on in your workout program, uh, anyway, I, I, it's kind of lighthearted in our office. In our workout program, we start to see instant change. But you know what happens as I continue to go? All of a sudden, it kind of starts, starts to become routine. Christian, if you're trying to do this by yourself, if you're trying to do this by yourself, it will become routine. You will not see the continual uh, dramatic growth in your spiritual life. And I'm going to tell you, if you continue to try and do it by yourself, your church attendance will begin dropping off. Your Bible reading will begin dropping off. It will just continue to fall off. And pretty soon we won't know where you're at. Can't find you with a hound dog. So what you need is a connection to the community. You need to be connected to this body of Christ. Amen. And so though we may have great gains early on, we need to continue. Look at verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Encouraging one another. Like, man, you, you, you're doing good. Keep it up. You keep going. I know it gets hard sometimes, but praise God, you ain't quit yet. Amen. So we need to have one another. Now, several years ago, as, as I was, uh, I've been pastoring here for a while, I was struggling over the fact that I felt like we were not discipling our people well. You know, God did not call me to create converts. He called me to build disciples. Amen. And he called you to do the same thing, by the way called us to make disciples. And so I, I felt like I wasn't doing that well. I felt like I was failing in that department. I began to realize, no, there needs to be a clear pathway. If you were to walk up to a, a forest and you see just this, all these trees, all these woods, maybe you might want to go in there. Maybe if you're like me, you're an explorer and you say, I'm going in. But it could be that you walk up there and like, I don't know if I'm even supposed to be in there. Uh, I won't go into all that, but uh, I, it used to not stop me. All right. But we get to the edge and we say, 
I'm not sure that's for me. But what if there is a sign on a pathway that says, this is for you, come on in. Can I let y'all know that at Sand Springs, we now have a pathway to help you in your spiritual growth, a pathway to help you in your spiritual growth. We ask you to do three things. Y'all ready for them? Three things. And they all have a little water theme because we're Sand Springs, amen. So here comes our little water theme. And number one is pour out your praise. You need to pour out your praise. Yes, I need to have intimate, private worship, but I also need corporate worship, amen. I've had numerous people come to our church, and, and the first time they come and visit our church, uh, uh, sometimes they'll meet me and say, well, we enjoyed the service. And, here, and then it's followed by, we really like your preaching. And then that means to me, we really didn't like the music. Now, sometimes our music, today it was a little soft and it was sweet. Sometimes it gets loud. It gets rowdy. And so sometimes people say, we like your preaching, which means they didn't really like the music. And then later on, they'll come back and they'll say, uh, you know, Pastor, when we first started coming to Sand Springs, we didn't like the music. Wasn't what we were used to. But later on, they said, now we can't get enough of it. Now we, we just love to come and worship at our church. We just love to come pour out our praise with the body of Christ. You know what the difference is? Yes, you can sing a song. Yes, you can come and, and, and just sing a song. But when you praise the Lord, when you worship the Lord, it makes all the difference. I'm promising you, if, if you're not involved in corporate worship, it doesn't matter if you don't sound good. It doesn't matter. You make a, a joyful noise unto the Lord. Some of us are noisier than others, but make a joyful noise and just worship the Lord. Pour out your praise. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have another piece of lettuce over here. I mean, in Hebrews 13, 15, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to the Lord. Amen. Amen. We need to be pouring out our praise to the Lord. It is, an, it is a vital part of your spiritual well-being and your spiritual growth. Number two, so I want to encourage you to come and worship with us. I want to encourage you to come and worship with us. Number two, I want to encourage you to connect to a body of believers. That may be what's missing. Maybe what's missing in your spiritual life. You come to worship, but you haven't really connected you're not really connected. And so we use the word around here called splash. I want to invite you to splash around with a bunch of believers. And that splash is show people love and share him. So we call them splash groups. And so we got groups going on all the time. We've got groups going on right now all over the campus. And so I want to invite you. When you go in the hallway, you can see all those groups that are on that board. It says get connected. I want to invite you, please, get connected to someone within the church. Statistics tell us, and we know that it's true, that if you join a church and have not formed seven meaningful relationships in a year's time, you will move on. You will move on. It's, it's vitally important that you connect, that you connect, that you build relationships. And so I just want to encourage you that, because let's look at it again. Verse 24, and let us consider one another. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It's vitally important. And then finally, you know a preacher's line when he says finally, <laughs> or in conclusion. So third thing, number one, let us pour out our praise 
Number two, let's splash around with other Christians. And number three, go with the flow. Go with the flow. What I mean by that is God created you with a purpose in mind. And he, he created you in such a way he wants to flow through you. As the Holy Spirit flows through you, it's for the purpose that he created you for. You have spiritual gifts. If you're a child of God, you have spiritual gifts. You have spiritual gifts. You, you have a heart uh, uh, of, of passions and, and, and desires that you love to do things. I have people tell me, uh, I, just don't know what, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how I'm supposed to be serving. I want to serve the Lord. I just don't know how. And so I say, what do you like to do? What do you like to do? So I ask some guys, what do you like to do? I like to fish. Awesome, me too. It's easy, easy to have a captive audience in your fishing boat. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> hey, let me take you fishing. Then you get them out there a long way from the shore and says, well, if you were to die today, <laughs> if you were to drown <laughs> right here in this lake, <laughs> no, but it's an opportunity to minister to someone. Well, I, like to, I like to host parties. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a brother that he, uh, he, he can throw a party. Now, for years, these were not Jesus parties, all right? But uh, I forgot, this service is online. Maybe he's watching today. He, he lives up, up in Ohio now, and I've been trying to convince him, would you come back home and start throwing some Jesus parties? I mean, because hospitality is a huge spiritual gift. It's a huge spiritual gift. By the way, he was the one out here cooking crawfish when we had over 1,000 people at our crawfish bowl. Amen. And so you say, well, I like to throw a party. Also, you have the gift of hospitality. Use it for Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what I call go with the flow. You need to find your flow. Find your flow. And we have an opportunity for you to do that through our next steps classes. And, and the first step of uh, the, the first Sunday of the month is step one. The second Sunday of the month is step two. We make those announcements when they come. But three easy things. Pour out your praise and worship. Number two, splash around with other Christians. Get involved in a small group. Number three, go with the flow. Serve somewhere. That's it. Serve somewhere. You were not saved to sit. You were saved to serve. You were not saved to sit, soak, and sour. You were saved to serve. Amen. Here's what this passage here says. Let us therefore hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us consider one another. And love, in, in order to stir up love and good works. You weren't saved by good works, but you were saved for them. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, By grace you have been saved, not of works, it's by faith. Not of yourselves, lest anyone should boast. And then verse 10, my favorite verse in all of the Bible. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance that you would walk in them. Amen? God created you for a purpose. If you've not found that purpose, we want to help you find it. We want to help you start living out that purpose by which you call it. So, how can I grow? How can I, what, what now? Well, number one, I want to ask you, have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? Have you followed through in obedience? Because joy comes with obedience. Number two, uh, it, it, are you spending daily time in intimacy with God the Father? Everything else in the Christian life flows from that. Amen? 
Are you spending time in his presence? Are you spending time? Are you allowing your heart to harmonize to him? Because here, here's the deal. I can start off in my daily Bible reading, and I did this morning. 5 a.m., I'm there reading the Word, and I can just rush through it and say, oh, i got a busy day, rush through it, kind of utter some little prayer, move on. But until I have let him harmonize my heart to his, when I get this world out here, I'm really not fit to be seen. I'm really not fit to be talked to. I need to have that personal, intimate time with God. And then number three, are you connected to the body? Are you connected to the body? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I just want to ask that you uh, do a little spiritual inventory right now, asking yourself those questions. Father, have have I stopped short in my spiritual growth? Have I stopped short? For whatever rationalization, whatever excuse, whatever reason, I just want to ask you if you just lay all those excuses aside. Let the Lord stir up your heart to greater things. When you are being used by God, you will find more satisfaction and fulfillment in being used by God than all of the pleasures of this world combined. So are you pouring out your praise into the Lord? Are you joining together with other Christians in small group? Are you serving somewhere? You seek the Lord and his will for your life. You have some inclination as what God might be speaking to you this morning. The proper response is to respond. To respond. Yes, Lord, I will. Because here's the, here's the truth, I love this. If the answer is no, Lord, those two, don't, those two words don't go together. Because if he's Lord of your life, it's always, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, I will. So I want to invite you to respond to the Lord today. I want you to stand with me as we have our time of invitation. I have a, I have a, a dog at the house. He was bought for me for my birthday. Yellow Lab. Her name's Lori Darling. Lori Darling was supposed to be my duck dog. Lori Darling is the fattest. <laughs> and it's a wonder. You would think she jump out in the water and she just float. I mean, she can just float on her side. She just float because she's so fat. But what happened is, is uh, I, I, I carried Lori hurt. And by the way, this was the purpose. This was the purpose by which this dog was supposed to be my duck dog. But my wife got a hold of this dog and spoiled this dog. Now, wintertime, she don't like cold water. She don't like it. I don't, you go get that duck. That water's cold. I don't want to get out there. The, she's not fulfilling the purpose by which we got her. That don't mean I don't love her anymore. That's, that's, that's my Lord, darling. But she's the picture of many Christians. She just lays around. 
gets excited when you come home. I think it's because she thinks she might get a snack. But she just, she's just fat. You don't do what she was meant to do. It's like, don't you know we were supposed to be a team in this? We were supposed to go out and be, you were my hunting buddy. Now when I come in from hunting, she's there in the house. I had another dog. This dog's gone. And uh, Daisy, he was the best duck hunting dog I've ever had. One year I lost both my hunting buddies. My cousin passed away of a heart attack and somebody stole my dog. I didn't hunt for years because I didn't have a, a hunting buddy. But Daisy and I, we would go hunting together and, and, and we, I don't know where I want, I'm glad y'all come up here, but I'm not sure what's going on here. <laughs> but Daisy and I would go hunting and she's like, she, she just loved it, loved it. In fact, if I got in the truck, when she saw my waders and my shotgun, she knew it was time to go hunt. And if I got in the truck and took off without her, Christy would be mad. She would be furious. Daisy didn't do anything but bark the whole time you were going. She was mad because you went hunting without her. But what a picture of partnership. You were created for a partnership with God. One more illustration, I'll be done. I trained horses for a good long while. And uh, I had one horse that uh, every now and then you get these really, these great ones. I had one horse that, that because of this horse, I only spent 30 days training this horse. And, and, and when I took the horse back to the owner, I could take this horse, take the bridle off and ride this horse only after 30 days of riding with no bridle, just with foot command. And, and this horse would, would run up, no hands, run up and slide and stop. I could spin this horse around, no reins picture of partnership. That horse could feel me telling with my legs, I want you to turn left, I want you to turn right, I want you to sit down and say, I want you to stop. Partnership. I've had others pull, 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 tugging, tugging. And I look at those others and I'm that, that stiff neck right there. And that's the picture of a Christian who does not want to do what God is leading them to. But if they would just surrender to his design for their life, they would find the partnership with the Most High God. They would find out what satisfaction and fulfillment is really all about. Amen. That's what He wants for you. That's what He wants for you. So I pray that you get that this morning as we worship. You don't stop short, but you come all the way to what God has called you to do. Let's sing.